Hey everyone, just a quick warning. This episode contains a few brief moments of colorful language. If you'd like a bleeped out version, you can find it on our website, outofsightstories.org. Thanks and happy listening. Today is Thursday, January 17th, 2019. It's about 7.30 in the morning as I'm recording this. And I'm really scared. Because I'm going to leave on an adventure soon and I have no idea what I'm doing. Basically, in two weeks, I'm going to go out into the field and collect audio stories. And I have no experience in this. This is crazy. My friend who's a a documentary filmmaker told me I'm like Don Quixote. Quixotic. Hopelessly romantic. (laughs) Shit. Anyway, he suggested I keep this audio journal, and I think that's a good idea. Because the way he described it, I'm trying to drive a Ferrari when I haven't even gotten my temporary license yet. It's pretty scary. Anyways, talk to you tomorrow. In November of 2018, I lost my job. You see, I'm an environmental conservationist and the organization I was working for found itself in extreme financial difficulties. While all of this was going on, I was rewriting my job description to better fit the changes that the organization was going through. During the conversation that was intended to review the final details of my new role, my manager dropped the news. They were letting me go. They said it was nothing personal and I believe them, but the news still stung. I started asking myself things like, what am I doing with my life? And have I been wasting my time working for other organizations? Odd things to reflect on, especially since I've loved the field that I work in. My friends were supportive and asked me how job applications were going, but weeks had gone by and I had applied nowhere. There was only one thing I wanted to do, and up until now, I'd been too scared to try on my own. The podcast. This is The Leap, The Making of Out of Sight, and I'm Tristan Schneider. I'm leaving my life behind to travel across five continents, collecting stories that link you, me, and humanity to the natural world. Come along for the ride as I tackle this longtime dream. I'll be all over the place, and I want you with me. Episode one, Stepping to the Edge. This all started for me back in 2010 when I was a college student at William & Mary, a small old liberal arts school in Virginia. 
The campus is nestled in a woodsy type of swamp, teeming with bright kids eager to learn about the world. It was a bubble. Most of us worked hard. I certainly did. It was the kind of place where I'd grind out a night of studying in the library until two in the morning, and then, exhausted, on a quiet walk back to my dorm room, take a deep breath of fresh air, look around and say, well, at least I'm here. I met some incredible people at school. Many I'd say are and will be my best friends for the rest of my life. One of those people is Morrison Mast, my old roommate. I remember us meeting when you were rushing our fraternity at William & Mary in Virginia, and you were a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, the epitome of that statement. Never have I met anyone who has been more bright-eyed or bushy-tailed. I remember we just became friends very quickly, and the next year we were roommates, and that kind of, you know, facilitated that, that friend-making process and kind of intensified it because... We were all up in each other's shit uh, and loved it and had a lot of fun. And that's true. We lived in a room that was so small we didn't have a choice but to bunk our beds. It was cohabitation in the most literal sense of the word. We were on top of each other. But beyond that, Morrison exuded this passion for nature that was contagious. His dad is a wildlife conservationist and it seemed like destiny that Morrison would follow a similar path. By the time I had met Morrison, he was 19 years old and had been to 30 countries and had done meaningful conservation work in several of them. And today, he's reached over 60. My dad said that the three things he wanted to teach his kids were the importance of love, the importance of music, and the importance of nature. And that was his kind of like, you know, if my kids know those three things, then I'll all have been a good parent. So I very much inherited the profession from him, but not simply because it was his, but because he, he communicated to me exactly why it was something to care about and to work towards. Life is amazing, right? Like we have, we're surrounded, we share this planet with tens of millions of species, each of which in their own right, has a evolutionary history as long and as intricate as that of our own species. And that's an amazing thing to realize that. And I, don't even, I don't think that most people realize that on a daily basis. I don't think I did. Going into school, I cared about the environment on a broad intellectual level, the same way many of us care about the environment. A sort of Recognition that something should be done, but what exactly? I wasn't too sure, but something. Bunking with Morrison in college made me realize that nature was something worth investing time, thought, and energy into. His passion for conservation was contagious. He was the kind of person who would stop a conversation on the way to lunch to perhaps pick up an insect he spotted 10 yards away. He'd then bring the insect over, tell you why that insect was cool, and be able to give you its species name in Latin. I was hooked, and the two of us became heavily involved in sustainability efforts on campus. After graduation, we pursued separate paths in the conservation world. I in DC working for a large NGO, and Morrison on education, research, and community-based conservation. On a cold, wintry day, 
Several months later, Morrison was passing through DC and we decided to catch up at a bar on Capitol Hill. At that point, I had started biking to work, an hour each way, and my parents will yell at me for this. I would listen to podcasts during my commute. I averaged about five or six podcasts every day. But I realized that nothing I was listening to touched on the environment. There was nothing I could find that was interesting enough for me, a professional in the conservation space, yet alone for mainstream podcasting audiences. Over drinks, I expressed this to Morrison and he agreed and told me that he was actually thinking the same thing. That night, we clinked glasses and agreed to one day start a podcast that told stories linking people to nature. Like many ideas, the concept for this podcast sat. I continued biking to work and began traveling extensively as part of the job. Morrison got a Fulbright scholarship and disappeared. But the idea stayed with me and I stewed on it. I started getting antsy. International conservation is such an important issue with so many relatable stories to tell. Eventually, about two years later, I attempted to take action. My original thought was, perhaps we could get buy-in from various environmental NGOs to fund the podcast. Depending on how much stake an organization put into funding the podcast, the more ad time they would get. The problem was that I couldn't even get my organization to back me yet alone hope that other organizations would join the cause. I put together a 15-page concept note and a plan of action. I sought out partnerships from Gimlet Creative, too expensive, Pineapple Street Media, too busy, and NPR, can't partner with advocacy groups. Eventually, I found a reputable producer to partner with, and I pitched my organization for internal funding. I talked about the podcast to anyone who would listen, including the head of the science division, directors of communication, and even the president of the organization. For the most part, I received positive feedback and encouragement. However, I learned that there is such a thing as pitching something too adamantly. And one day, a passive aggressive cease and desist email found its way into my inbox from a VP of marketing. I realized that once more, I had to table the concept. So, I put my head down, finished up the project I was managing, and joined another smaller nonprofit, the one that eventually let me go. While there, I heard about a casting call for a reality show podcast called The Pitch by Gimlet Media. Gimlet Media is a major podcasting company started by podcasting superstar Alex Blumberg. People who listen to podcasts regularly tend to know Alex Blumberg. He's been a hero of mine since I started getting into podcasts. The shows that Gimlet Media produces are some of my favorites. I love their style. The idea of the pitch was amateurs would submit podcast concepts along with two-minute audio samples for a competition. A handful of finalists would be selected to come to Gimlet's headquarters to create the pilot episode. From there, a panel of judges would decide on the winning concept and the winner would get his or her first season produced at Gimlet. The day I heard about this contest was the day I bought my first microphone. I thought to myself, finally, this is it. This is my chance to give the world a compelling podcast about the environment. The shows that Gimlet releases tend to have a lighthearted tone to them, mixing journalism and humor. There's a cutesy sort of charm to their style. So 
I decided to introduce a similar lightheartedness to my concept. Hi, I'm Tristan Schneider, a traveler and conservationist. You don't need a podcast to tell you that we need nature. It seems pretty obvious, right? Yet, somewhere, somehow, there's a disconnect. And it becomes so easy to take this planet for granted. We look toward Mother Nature to provide us so much. Mother, the one who gives us life. A consistent presence in our lives. Someone we can take for granted. Let's re-examine this relationship from the perspective of two lovers, two partners in life, people and nature. Introducing Lover Nature, a podcast about the relationship between humans and nature. If this relationship were on Facebook, it'd most definitely be labeled as it's complicated. So I'm here to untangle this mess for you and well, for all of us. I'll take you to the- You get the picture. The thought was, we need to reframe how we look at the environment, or rather, at nature. I love my mother. She is always taking care of me. Growing up, mom made me dinner. She washed my clothes, went to my soccer games. She bought my clothes. And the expectation is that I'll never have to take care of her. Well, not at least until much later in life. The Mother Nature framework doesn't leave enough room for the reciprocation that is so desperately needed between humanity and the natural world. Two lovers, or a romantic relationship, however, most would probably agree, calls for a more balanced relationship. So, I thought, Gimlet will eat this up. They didn't. Like, fuck Alex Bloomberg. Like, that motherfucker needs to, like, recognize Tristan Schneider. <laughs> That's Elliot. Elliot Blumberg. Of no relation to the Alex Blumberg he just so brazenly dismissed. To be clear, Elliot's just kidding around, trying to build me up. He's being a good friend. In fact, I wouldn't be even close to prepared for this journey without him. He's the third wheel to our tricycle of podcasting misfits. Elliot's the buddy I referred to at the beginning of the episode. He's a documentary filmmaker and has spent many hours in the field collecting stories. He helped me figure out what gear I should take with me. And he also encouraged me to record what happens behind the scenes. The genesis of this show, The Leap. Elliot is a relief to have with me, especially during this critical phase of the making of Out of Sight. His life is about telling stories. He thinks critically about them. He creates them, studies them, and dissects them. And we'll need that if we want to bring you a show that's worth your time. The best podcasts tell stories about people and make us feel connected to something beyond ourselves. It makes sense why that model is so popular. There's a power to storytelling that makes people think beyond the literal, beyond the day-to-day -day or the mundane. People were made to dream and Stories are an ancient tool for serving that purpose. Through story, we travel to the past, the future, the here and now, and into alternative universes. Environmental issues are global, seemingly arcane, almost beyond reach. And while important to many, being part of the solution or 
even dedicating thought to nature is a difficult task. Living in DC, the most common question people ask each other when they first meet is, what do you do? As in, what do you do for work? My response has typically been some form of, I'm an environmental conservationist, or I work for an environmental NGO. Most people don't know what to say from there. And many respond with, I recycle. I recycle. I recycle. Yeah, I recycle. I recycle. I recycle. I'm glad to hear it, I tend to say. I do as well. But what that response means to me is that there is room for us to learn more about how we are connected to the natural world. For most of us, nature is out of sight, out of mind. The materials we use to keep clean, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, and the tires on our cars tie us to the natural world in ways that are really hard to see. And in reverse, it's easy to forget about the impacts we have on the world around us. Don't get me wrong, recycling is really important especially if done correctly. And I'm happy to talk about recycling with anybody. Nevertheless, the response is a bit contrived, almost like an excuse for not knowing more. And that's where the podcast comes in. An estimated 35 million Americans listen to podcasts weekly, which, if you're listening to this, likely includes you. And of that number, the average weekly podcast listener takes in over four hours of podcasts per week. And that number is growing. We are past the days of radio, where the nuclear family gathers around in the living room. Audio programming is less central to our existence. We listen to podcasts during the most trivial parts of our days, while we fold laundry, cook dinner, while we work out or commute to work. I even know people who listen to podcasts while at work. We're busy, so it makes sense. Podcasts have the power to turn the moments that we take most for granted into experiences we can appreciate. And the podcasts we love, the ones that are popular, prolific, and resonate with us all, focus on the human experience. Our goal is to tell incredible stories that we've seen in the field, stories that prove we're not separated from nature. It's just, for many of us, it's out of sight. We want to inspire our listeners and bring nature back in mind through audio. So here we go. I've got to at least give this a try. I've left home behind with two backpacks, mostly filled with recording equipment. I've got about $8,000 of my personal savings to get through five continents in five months. And these questions remain. Do I have what it takes? Will we succeed? Can we create a quality environmental podcast that can reach mainstream audiences? I've stepped up to the ledge. I have nothing to lose but a dream. Thanks for listening. Catch me next episode for a snippet of the start of my journey on the leap, the making of Out of Sight. Production help from Morrison Mast and Elliot Blumberg, and music by the ever-talented Terrell Mast. Hey everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review us through whatever platform you're listening to this through. Your input means a lot as we begin this journey. You can learn more about us at outofsightstories.org. Thanks again.